Wrong, the podcast where you talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Here to talk about the Oscars. Yes. Sam's Will Smith. If you I missed know. it, we talked for like 45 minutes about the Will Smith <laughs> thing on the Tuesday episode. It could have gone even longer. So honestly. yeah, so I mean, on a mercy kill that we didn't, uh, a mercy slap that we didn't go any further. Yeah. Um, but if you are desperate for all of our hot takes regarding Will Smith, Jada Pinkett Smith, her hair, Chris Rock, uh, Lupita Nyong'o sitting behind them, <laughs> Denzel Washington. You can go and hear it there. Yes. Yeah. But here we are to talk about the the rest of the show that everyone's already forgotten, um, that people during the show weren't even acknowledging. So um, it, was a, it was an interesting uh, night. Um, this was the one where they, I really don't understand how they did it. They, they pre-taped the red carpet to air while people were supposed to be in the theater watching the, what would be the pre-recorded eight, um, awards for sort of the smaller categories that the Oscars decided weren't worthy of the prime time slots, even though they were going to edit in the wins throughout the evening is that correct yeah so i think what happened was they made everybody in hollywood show up to the awards an hour early so like if normally they're showing up at seven they made them show up at six and they did a whole they did the the hour of red carpet that they would normally do but rather than that being live we get it an hour later. (laughs) So we're seeing the red carpet footage that we would normally see live, only it's an hour later. While we're watching the delayed red carpet footage, they, all of the winners and nominees are in the theater already doing the first eight awards, which are all of these technical awards. And so then finally, when the actual awards start for us, they then have already done an hour's worth of awards that they have trimmed down and then sort of like intercut into the ceremony. And basically, I think the only things they cut from them were the walking of the person to the podium. So they would say like, here are the nominees. And then we would cut to immediately they're standing at the podium with a speech. We didn't have any I of the sort of like... I did they trimmed some speeches. Oh, did they? Someone mentioned like how they were disappointed that their awards were at the front or whatever and they cut that out so according to a you know news source oh, that was there oh, oh so someone was like i'm yeah. upset that and then they were like yeah we're <laughs> not like, doing we're that. Not there in that yeah okay yeah i can see that mm-hmm. and they also it turns out used like they frankensteined audience reactions through these re- pre-recorded bits because the theater was actually still pretty empty, even though they tried to get people in the doors fast. So they had bits where like they would cut to Jessica Chastain, like clapping for someone, but actually people in the theater were like, she's not even at her seat right now. Yeah. So I not think, a great look. I not think great. that <laughs> is part of the, because when the Oscars announced this, that they were doing this format, the a lot of the Academy was up in arms, but the yeah. 
the ABC producers of the show said, oh, no, all the speeches will be aired. Like, it won't make any difference to the telecast. But I guess they did this in a couple of the precursor awards as well. Mm. And they were like, the the difficulty is that either during the commercial breaks or, you know, before the ceremony, either people aren't there or people are sort of like up milling around. People aren't paying attention. So you have these winners who get announced that they're winning and they don't have the full effect of a (sighs) normal win because, you know, a bunch of the A-listers aren't there or people are talking to each other or people aren't really paying attention. Where when it's on the telecast, okay, Nicole Kidman, you're stuck in the seat. You got to watch it. and You can't talk to somebody else because we're live. Right. Um, we can't like edit things out or in later. Yeah, it was it was a mess from start to finish. Um, honestly, just starting out at the red carpet, I was kind of disappointed. It felt like people were saving their best looks for the Vanity Fair party, which I do not appreciate. Um, it seemed like a snooze for the most part. Like no one wowed me. No one had a big moment on the red carpet, fashion wise. Um, except I did love uh Sebastian's pink tuxedo. He is the performer from Encanto. Um, he looked great. Loved that. Maggie Gyllenhaal had something interesting going on. With oh, her hers dress. was bad. I feel it like it sort of looked like a cross kind of. It was like, yeah, there was something like compelling about its avant-gardeness for me. I really liked the Kristen Stewart mm. shorts mm. thing. I mean, yes. you know, I love Divisive. a pair of shorts. Yeah. Um, I also really liked Ariana DeBose's sort of like, pants with a bra with a like giant cape thing yeah. <laughs> so it sort of looked like a dress but it wasn't yeah. um she wore that look better than tracy ellis ross who showed up in a very ill-fitted weirdly t-length dress with some boob gripping red <laughs> i don't know i hated her dress and usually i like her weird style um but that was not doing it for me yeah, she she always has uh, something going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, Timothy Chalamet was wearing a bedazzled sport coat with no undershirt. It was a um, Zendaya sort of had like a crop toppy kind of thing she going on. I really who somebody had a dress that was like oh it was the Cole Kidman. Her dress mm. was hideous. I hated it. <laughs> she has. It was like purple with like a big like bunch in the middle. I also yeah. did not like Jada Pinkett Smith's like long green sort of like wrinkled thing. It reminded <laughs> me of a big piece of kale, um, which I wasn't in yeah. love with. I thought Beyonce's look, which I mean, we'll get sort of get to that. But I thought the both the look she performed in and the look that she ended up going to the Oscars in were like sort of tennis ball green. And I really liked Mm, them both. Yeah, yeah. it was just like it it was fine. It was unremarkable. I don't think any of them will stand the test of time necessarily. Um, But then you have the setup of the theater, which, again, they limited the um, attendees to try and help with like COVID precautions or whatever. So well, especially after the BAFTAs where we had COVID last (laughs) week. So they had like all the main the main like actors in these like couches towards the front of the stage. And the stage was much more. I mean, for better or worse, accessible. Uh, Let's say that Uh, right there if you wanted to storm it. Um, And so that was kind of a weird look, too, because it was like half, you know, packed theater and then just like this weird full like living room look at the front. But yeah, I mean, the setup 
I was like open-minded. I was like, okay, you know, we've got our hosts back. I don't like how they're doing this pre-recorded bit, but maybe it'll work. Like maybe it'll work. And it, ladies and gentlemen, did not work at all. <laughs> I hated it. The whole the whole Oscars? I hated the whole Oscars, yeah. Oh, really? I sort of liked them. What? Oh, oh, interesting. Interesting. I, I mean, I... Uh... I thought so. The the red carpet, or I watched the red carpet that was on ABC with Vanessa Hudgens, and I was like, "God bless Vanessa Hudgens," because she was doing a lot of work, and she was with a bunch of people who like were not did not have the charisma. I don't know who the rest (laughs) of those interviewees were, but they were not giving it. Um, Yeah, and also I will say that the theme of this was like what, like we love the movies or something like that. So there was a lot of like a movie quote, a tribute to the Godfather, that kind of stuff throughout the ceremony, which normally I like, but it all I don't felt think it worked. Yeah, it, yeah, it felt a little ponderous, and especially in the um, in the red carpet stuff. Like there was a point where they had TikTok stars doing Ugh, like quotes yeah. from movies, which I was like, eh, okay, and I was like, have these TikTok stars even seen these movies? I doubt it yeah. in some of the cases. So, I mean, this is an aside, but why are we like normalizing TikTok fam, like fame? You know, it's like we didn't invite Instagram influencers to like the Oscars. You know, it's weird that TikTok famous people become like I think, Hollywood famous. I think it's only because the Oscars are desperate oh, they're so to thirsty. get anybody to watch this. Yeah. And so if they can invite Remy Botter and have <laughs> her be on TikTok being like, watch the Oscars, I'm going to be there. Then, yeah. And they think that they're going to get her, you know, 2 million fans or however many subscribers that she has. Like, they will do it. They will invite anybody that they think yeah. can bring any audience. As was evidenced by the just like, onslaught of presenters they had they had so many presenters at the beginning they announced them all alphabetically and it went on for ever and ever and ever like so they were weird presenters because if your theme is oh we love the movies suddenly you're inviting like sean white and like a bunch of college yeah it was a very strange lineup and it felt very pandery where they're like, oh, we've got to get like Gen Z, but we also have to get like the boomers to come back. We have to like represent everyone while not ever really celebrating like the literal movies being made this year. You know, like it felt very like patched together with people that someone who hadn't watched any of the movies this year was just like, oh, um, okay, let's have this person show up. Like, why not? Why not? Like, let's and- just see if they're free. <laughs> And we don't have the rating numbers yet, but I can't imagine that they were. Oh, I think it actually did better than the last few years, which isn't saying like much. Did we, did they have the numbers yet? I thought they did. I mean, I didn't verify them, but I saw like some tweets that were like, oh, this actually did better than. I mean, it it had to do better than last year because last year's Oscars (laughs) was terrible. No one had seen most of those movies. There wasn't anything like exciting that was happening where this definitely had a lot of pieces to it even if you um you did have pieces i just felt like they were all disjointed and i felt like it was real it was condescending to people who loved movies and or the oscars which felt like a weird tone to take one when your theme is we love the movies and two when you're like so thirsty to retain viewership 
I think, though, this was a reaction to last year's Oscars, which were very, like, yeah. the Oscars is a movie. Yes. We're just going to talk about, like, and this is Judy Dench. When she yeah. was five, she went to the movies with her grand. Like, <laughs> last true. year was so serious that I think they were like, we got to make this fun. We got to put in gigs. We got to <laughs> yeah, do good point. interesting things. And because even though they were shortening it by moving eight of the categories beforehand and then editing them in, whatever, this is still the longest Oscars in the past five or six years. <laughs> Oh, so, it's ridiculous. So they, oh, I think so where they chopped the people walking up to the stage, they then overadded in things that we did not really need oh, was... in some cases. See, I'm surprised you liked it because I felt like it was just a mess from start to finish. Like, yes, you got an opening monologue. That was fine. But then suddenly Regina Hall's being like parroted as this like weird sex deprived like woman who's willing to like sexually harass like everyone live on stage for an extended bit here's the thing you hate all of these award show bits i feel like you (laughs) know no no we could could go back and listen to us talking about the golden globes and the oscars every every year i think i am always higher on them than you are i i always think that the monologues are funnier than you than than you do and i am more in favor of a campy bit than you are. That's I just, like, am fine. Proven. You know, I'm, I was fine when they wasted all that time going over to the uh, theater to like surprise moviegoers. And I was fine when Ellen DeGeneres did I her selfie. I think this is some revisionist history. I think if I you went back and listened to you talk okay, about the okay. people even going over to the other it, theater that you, you did not like Even if like I hated it. it then, this is now a low point for me because honestly, the Regina Hall thing was very strange to me. It felt like so dated. It felt very uncomfy and if the roles had been reversed it would have been an uproar and i'm not usually like well well reverse sexism like no i don't think that's a thing but it was the weirdest extended bit where she was literally like (laughs) fondling men for laughs which was a discredit to her as a talent like it just felt so weird yeah the so i guess let's talk about the house okay okay. we have regina (laughs) hall Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes. I they, love two of the three. I really do. They come out at the beginning and they did a monologue, which I thought was funny. Um, I thought they had some good bits in the opening. And then they sort of um, each kind of got to come back and do a separate bit where Amy Schumer did like a more extended monologue where she, you know, roasted some more people. And Wanda Sykes had a pre-recorded bit where she was at the Oscar, the new Oscar museum, which they're obviously trying to get people into. And then Regina Hall had this (laughs) sort of odd COVID joke thing where she was like, Oh, I got to do a COVID test and pulled the like hot people hot men from the audience up onto the stage. And then, uh, then when you sort of thought the bit was done, she was like, Oh no, I have to do a COVID pat down. And I was thinking as we were going, if this was reverse, like if Jimmy Kimmel was doing this bit and was yeah. calling women up on the stage, it would be a disaster. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well there is like an, uh, an angle of like, she like because because the power dynamics are so different like it is less weird or icky right. but it was still just like not super funny it was like um, i would have been fine with like the first joke where she's you suddenly realize like oh she's just calling out like the eligible yes. hotties but it just went on so long and got weirder and weirder that i was like could she not do something more monologue could she not do something that had relevancy like it just felt like a joke that was dragged out to the point of like losing any sense of humor. 
Yeah, I thought that she was funny while doing it. Like, I, I really her. like Regina Hall. Yeah. And I thought that she was, like, I thought I thought she did a good job with all of the material that she got. Because even then later on, they had this bit where she showed up as Tammy Faye and Wanda Sykes was King Richard and Amy Schumer was Spider-Man. I did like that bit. And I thought that that was funny. And I thought that Regina Hall was good in that. Yes. And yeah, I really do like, I love Regina Hall. I love Wanda Sykes. I thought I mean, uh, Amy Schumer did good. I, I think she's yeah. a great, she has good delivery. Um, and so her monologue, I didn't mind. It just started to feel like, like they came out towards the end and did this weird thing where they were giving out prizes. And, and that started to feel like really, I don't know, like I'm fine with making fun of celebrities because I think that's funny. Like, honestly, even though it's a, old joke Wait, which joke part about, was that with the prizes like they did the whole oh i have a movie here that's never been seen before and it was the last duel and then they had oh yeah yeah, yeah. they had some sort of like is that sign. when they also did the thing with um where they were like oh here's an inspirational quote for judy yes, dench and it was yeah. the work harder the kim yeah. kardashian thing yeah <laughs> i thought that was kind of funny that was a funny joke but it just started to feel like the I liked the jokes that even like even Leonardo DiCaprio's like young girlfriends. That's a joke that has been done so many times, but it still makes me laugh. It really does. But it just started to feel like even beyond. I like the don't look up the review joke. That (laughs) was funny. It just started to feel like they weren't like, I don't know. Maybe it was more the presenters and the scripts around it, but it seemed like there was a lot of like turning their noses down at the movies that they were there to celebrate even. I feel like we always get that. I was talking to my editor today at at BuzzFeed about this too, because he was saying like, oh, like, don't they know their audience? Like, it's annoying when we're obviously here to celebrate these movies and they're sort of like, who's watched these? Like, right. But I do feel like I went to an Oscar party last night. I, I watched everything that was nominated. Like, (laughs) I obviously love movies. I am here for the craft like i take this seriously but i'm what they are watching it with people who at best had seen you know like maybe half of the movies or like or at very best had seen like the best picture nominees but most people haven't even watched that so i do understand sort of a most of the people who are watching this telecast even if it is mostly people who like movies are still at a level where they haven't seen a lot of them and definitely where you know like they put on power of the dog and we're like "Eh, this is kind of old with (laughs) snoozy like so making a joke that's like power of the dog is a long movie and it feels even longer than it is i don't i'm not like wow this is like an insult to the craft and like okay we can like this is fine and i think that in the scheme of people who we have, will either have had not host the Oscars the last couple of years or <laughs> people who hosted before, I was like, I think that Amy Schumer and Wanda Sykes and Regina Hall were mostly funny. And even yeah. the bits that didn't land as well, I think were fairly entertaining. I mean, if you compare it to when Glenn Close got up and did the butt <laughs> dance last year, I was like, nothing was even close to that cringy in my mind. Yeah. No, I think overall it was nice to have the three because it it broke up the monotony of just one it took the pressure off of having one coastly jimmy kimmel showing up doing his same spiel over and over always feels like a little bit like okay like whatever but here you're able to kind of forget who was involved so when they came out it's like oh this is fun like oh yeah this is cute like all of them together split up whatever it is they were fine i think um 
one bit I didn't like, and I'm curious if you did, was the Kirsten Dunst seat filler joke, which I think was clearly a bit in that Kirsten Dunst and Jesse um, Plemons were aware of what was happening. I have yes. to believe that. I have to. Mm-hmm. But it felt kind of mean. I didn't like it. <laughs> I thought it was... I. So I wish first, they'd done it in reverse where they kicked Jesse out of his seat. See, no, this is why at first I thought like, oh, this is sort of mean to Kirsten Dunst. And then I thought, you know what? The In this couple, obviously Kirsten Dunst is the much more famous of the two of them. Yeah. Obviously she is the much more like, quote unquote, beautiful of them. And I feel like a lot of the coverage of the two okay, of them yeah. as a couple is like, why is Kirsten Dunst dating this like schlubby guy? <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, like that, like whether or not you agree with that, I like that I think right. is a commonly expressed sentiment. So to have someone be like, get rid of Kirsten Dunst. Like I want to sit next to Jesse Plemons. I did. Okay. I, guess I was I like, okay, that. I can. I can see this. Okay. It just felt sad because it's like Kirsten Dunst is like, I I feel like she's talked about how she hasn't been like accepted by her peers in the same way. And so that felt kind of mean girly, but it might also be my bias against Amy Schumer, who I just think is not a nice person. It would have been funnier if they had picked like more, like if they had gotten rid of like Nicole Kidman or somebody who's like more established. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Like if they had like bumped out Meryl Streep in that situation, <laughs> it would have been funnier. But yeah, yeah she was. Or maybe there, if but... Wanda Sykes had even done the delivery, like maybe there would have been some generosity in my heart that just doesn't exist there for Amy Schumer necessarily. Um, but that might I be my own bias. I don't normally. Well, I was gonna say I don't normally like Amy Schumer. I did really like her in the Humans this year, which I thought was good. Mm. Um, and where she was more serious. But I thought that she was decent in this. I did not find her annoying. No, yeah, I think, yeah, I think she's, she honestly, like watching her do her monologue, she's great at delivery. And I get why she's like a famous, I just mean, personally, like, as a human being, I think she fits in that Ellen camp where it's like, you might be good at your job, but I actually secretly think you're a bad person type thing, you know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I wasn't like mad about her job. It's more, I just have my biases around her. Maybe I'll have to confront that later. I also did watch two episodes of her new show, The Mm. um, Life and Beth, I think is what it's called. Yeah. Um, And I did not hate that either. I was like, watch a friend put it on and I was like, okay. But admittedly, you like have a soft spot for Mean Girls. So maybe that's also why you... But I don't think... (laughs) But she's... I don't think she is... There's a lot of blind items about her that I might have let color my opinion. You know, justify my visceral dislike. She's so strange though because she's not like... Like, who else is in that camp? Like, she's not your typical mean girl. Um, like, who Like who else would you even, like, group in with her? Like, maybe, like, Chelsea Handler or, like, um, Sarah Silverman or something? Like, she's sort of outspoken, but also she's not... Like, a lot of the stuff that she's outspoken about, I feel like, is, like, body issues. And in the new show, she talks about oh, how she yeah, has this, sorry. like, hair-pulling... Yeah. Like I don't. I just mean like the stories people tell about her, like in like at restaurants and that sort of thing. Oh yeah, I guess I don't really know those. Yeah, yeah. I need to be on Dumois. Yeah, (laughs) but though there were two weird things that happened in the award ceremony that stood out to me. One was the um, we don't talk about Bruno, which they touted as like the first live performance of this as a big deal, even though it wasn't nominated, but it's like the number one Disney song to come out in recent years. So like, oh my gosh, we're going to do it. 
<laughs> and at first it was just your bread and butter, like the cast is there singing. And then suddenly, um, Megan Thee Stallion comes out and does the rap, except it's not the rap. It's like a rap about the Oscars. But I don't know if my audio was just bad, but I could not follow what was happening. And then the rest of the chorus turned out to be a, uh, uh, like a changed up song to fit the Oscars as well. Um, did you enjoy? This? And then Becky G. Oh yeah, Becky showed G up. And Louis Fonzi. Like it was very weird. It was weird that they would give another number to Encanto when, like, it's... Oh, yeah, that that when, was a super weird choice. When they've already... When, obviously, they're already performing Dos Origuitas. Um Again, very pandering. It was very clearly, like, oh... Also, also I feel like they were all, like, off-key or something. Yeah, like, something they were performing, weird. and I was like, I think these are the people who performed it in the sh- movie, but they don't sound like they did in the movie. <laughs> and and then Megan Thee Stallion showed up, and it kind of reminded me a little little bit of when Lin-Manuel showed up to do the Moana rap but at least that had to do with Moana it wasn't and he had written it where Megan the Stallion like I don't think has anything to do with Encanto oh, yeah. it was so it desperate was weird. it was just like oh say, let's get the musicians like we can to zhuzh this up but it didn't it, work well and it was weird because I feel like in general they, ha- they had the Beyonce performance at the beginning which I thought was really fun and good mm. on the tennis court then they had the Dos Orguitas performance with by, um, sad dancers <laughs> yeah which but like but it was fine yeah and and like that song is sweet so there's not yeah. like that much you can judge up for it then they also have Billie Eilish doing her thing which you had to assume was going to draw a certain number of viewers. The Reba McIntyre performance, like, you know, whatever, <laughs> but there's always at least one of those, like, bland ones. So I feel like they didn't necessarily need another musical number oh, because they not. had plenty of good stuff that made sense that happened and was also good, like, well executed, I think. So to have this random number in the middle, yeah, I didn't like that. They could have easily cut that. I don't know why that was It was, was there. so thirsty. It was just because they were trying to, like, ride that wave. And, like, I don't know if they thought it would literally draw viewers. Like, maybe the numbers are there. Like, maybe it's a big enough. <laughs> maybe Becky G has her followers. It was weird. I didn't love it. The rhyme that they wrote for it did not work. But did we know that they were performing? Like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know ahead of time. So I don't know how much of a draw they had with Megan the Stallion. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Speaking of things I didn't know were happening, I guess there were two Twitter polls. <laughs> oh, you didn't know this? <laughs> no. Shelby, it you haven't been following so this story? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Shelby. Okay. Okay. I have to talk about this then. So they announced. Oh, my. This is, this is like chaos in its most beautiful form. <laughs> the... Obviously, a couple years ago, the Oscars tried to instate the most popular Oscar um, movie uh, award. Everybody backlash because they didn't have any specifics about it. They got rid of it. But they have been constantly trying to figure out a way to honor, like, the Spider-Mans of the world to (laughs) supposedly get more people to watch the Oscars. So they came up with this situation where they... Announced that there was going to be like a fan favorite movie moment (laughs) and then also an Oscar fan favorite movie of the year. And how you would vote on that was by tweeting about it. So so anybody could go on Twitter and sort of like add these hashtags and talk about these movies. Um, 
and and I think that they thought, oh, like it'll be Marvel movies, it'll be the like the big blockbuster movies of the year, like Dune that everybody likes, but maybe aren't are going to win an award. Like this will be an exciting way to win an award. This was very quickly taken over by the weirdest <laughs> fandoms on the internet. And because I don't think this was very well publicized, if <clears throat> fandom sort of got a hold of this early, they could tweet 20 times a day per person and basically nobody you mean stood a chance. I could have done all too well 10 minute version as the greatest cheer moment of the year. I don't know if that would have counted, <laughs> but like you, yes, you could have done whatever you wanted. Wow. And so, and so also because of this, they've been able, because this is on Twitter, people have been able to go on and sort of like look at the hashtags and give a general sense of like what was going to win. <laughs> so there was a big story a couple weeks ago that they thought that the fan favorite movie of the year was going to be the Cinderella movie with Camila oh, Cabello okay. because yes, Camila Cabello fans were all like, <laughs> hashtagging this and obviously there was lots of people who weren't hashtagging it at all so they i think originally it was supposed to be announced at the ceremony like there was supposed to be a moment on stage but then the academy quickly realized that they had made a terrible decision because everything that was going to be nominated or win in these categories were these bizarre movies that these fandoms had picked out (laughs) and so and so they announced, so they ended up sort of having a like commercial break, uh, like here are the top five for these awards. And for the Oscar fan favorite movie of the year, the the ranking was number five, Tick, Tick, Boom, which like, okay. Number four, Spider-Man, No Way Home. The number three was this movie called Mina Mata, which I had never even yeah, heard of. Um, Some kind of drama starring johnny depp oh yes because that was like the about this guy who has mercury poisoned um that it was like the johnny depp stands were all in and then number two was cinderella and number one was army of the dead because of the <laughs> snyder the Zack snyder yes, fan i honestly loved being reminded of that movie and tig Notaro being like photoshopped into the <laughs> helicopter because she wasn't even there filming with the actual cast iconic honestly it was a great it was a reminder of why i love movies so i'm grateful for it (laughs) even wilder was the second category which was oscar cheer moment so this could be a moment from any film ever that we're voting for so you're thinking of like very iconic you know like jaws or et phone home or something like that they were all this year it was like the best theater cheer Mm. moment no, 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 no. Because fifth place was Neo dodging a bullet in the original oh, Matrix. Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Number four was Effie singing And I Am Telling You from oh, Dreamgirls, yeah. which, like, okay, <laughs> sort of makes sense. Number three was The Avengers Assemble from Endgame, Iconic. which, like, okay. <laughs> number two was when the three Spider-Men show up. Yeah, but then yeah. the number one, again, because of the Snyder Cut fans, was the moment when the, the flash, flash enters the speed, the speed force, force <laughs> from Zack Snyder's Justice League. This is a movie I have seen, and I don't remember that moment. And they played the clips, which is the best part. So you had to like compare it to these four movies that admittedly were honestly better. I'm sorry to Snyder fans, but they were better. And so then to see this slow-mo like Snyder... <laughs> Flash entering the Speed Force. That was so funny. I they loved trimmed it. this down so much I and really it. like <laughs> tried to push it as far as they could. They did. They wanted nothing to do. So with is this. Army of the Dead like a Academy Award winning film now? 
Can they put well, that no, on their they DVD were, release? They were very clear that these were not Oscars that they were giving out. <laughs> that is, it was so funny. Honestly, it was the funniest part of the night for me. I loved when these montages would come on. I was like, I cannot wait to see what batshit nonsense this ends up being. And I was never disappointed. They also had some weird tributes. There was a tribute to <sighs> James Bond. Yes. There was a tribute to The Godfather. There With was a no tribute- one involved in the original movies. It was what? just like, oh, we liked these. The, there was a tribute to um, uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Oh, the, well, uh, yeah. The, they were, yes, that was true. They, they re, they re, what's the word I'm thinking of? They brought together old casts. Like, reu- um, like reunited. Yeah, they reunited a bunch of old casts for nostalgia factor, which I don't know. I don't know. It didn't really work because they did the, the, um, the white, white, Boy can't jump White Men Can't Jump, which yeah. was a movie I've never seen. Never so seen I was it, like, mm. but happy for him. Rob was excited. I don't know. Oh, they did Juno. They did that was Juno, cute. Yeah. And then they did, um, uh, which one did you just mention? Oh, Pulp Fiction. But yeah. then they had these weird moments where it was like Sean White and other sports guys suddenly introduced James, James Bond. Bond. Even though like Judy Dench is like literally right there. And it was just like weird to have these people try to like prove their relevancy to the subject at hand, which I think they could have played it differently if they'd been like, Oh, this was a movie I loved growing up. Like, I'm so excited to see, like, remember it, like whatever. But it was just like, Oh, we were, we were pros of our thing. And James Bond was pros of his. It was just like so weird to me. And it just took away time that I was distractedly thinking, Oh, we could be watching Dune win best score, but instead, we're not i don't know yeah it was it was a bit odd that they i feel like those were the moments that i that they could have cut yeah i love a movie montage yes but i think it has to be like applicable to something um and they really didn't it really was the montages weren't well they didn't really have montages but they weren't like applicable to anything they were sort of just there for this theme of we love the movies yeah Um, like why did they choose bond and the godfather like what was it about those in particular because it wasn't anniversaries per se i mean they were like week sort of anniversaries yeah but it was like the 35th like anniversary years. or whatever but it's like you could have kind of like come up with a reason for any <laughs> yeah. of the movies i i felt that they really maybe it's just because of after a couple of years where they didn't have a host and so some of the presenters were like more humorous they really did not have like funny presenters like sometimes they came out and did like had like a line or two but nobody was really doing like a full bit yeah i mean dj khaled did some weird walkthrough that i was like that's why you were brought here like oh yeah at the beginning that was sort of like a hype yeah but i did love simu liu and tiffany haddish i thought they had really cute chemistry that was delightful yeah i don't remember what they presented but i enjoyed them they presented let's take a look uh best international feature Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good um, for them. My favorite combination, which, uh, uh, like, I don't know who decided to put them together, but was the Lady Gaga Liza Minnelli who uh, presented yeah, Best Picture. S- sweet and sad. <laughs> yeah, to a certain extent, I'm like, why do we keep bringing these, like, really, really old people out yeah. when clearly they're, like, not well? But if there's somebody who you're going to stick with a really old person, it is Lady Gaga because she, you know, hangs out with Tony Bennett. She's very sweet. um, And she's just so earnest and caring about 
every situation that she's in that like her bringing Liza out there. You could tell that like she was comforting Liza at one point. She leaned over and said, I got you. And Liza was like, I know it was just very sweet. And especially because this had come, you know, only like (laughs) 10 minutes after Will Smith's speech. I was like, thank goodness. Like (laughs) Lady Gaga and Liza Minnelli, gay icons here to save the day (laughs) from these straight people. And Rachel Zegler got her moment. She, she oh, rightfully yeah, she shamed Disney for to get her a ticket finally. So she was brought on as a um, presenter with the Euphoria guy. And she got to make a bit, say a bit about how, oh, I didn't even dream of being here six days ago. And now look at me. Dreams come true. It's so confusing, though. Because, like, you're looking at the Oscar red carpet. Yes. And there were people there. Like, the Heim sisters are there. And yeah. you're like... Yes, Alana Haim was in Licorice Pizza, or all three of them, I guess, were. But it's like, that movie isn't... It's not like they are nominated. Well, Maddie Ziegler got a ticket because she was in the ensemble of West Side Story. And it's like, you're not going to give a ticket to the star of West Side Story? Like... It was so strange. I don't understand how that worked. Yeah. It was, I saw someone theorize that it's because they didn't want to invite the other star, but it's like, so don't invite the other star. But like, why is she? Oh, like they didn't want to invite Ansel Elgort. But it's like, that's just dumb. Make a stance and invite her and not him. Like, congratulations. You, you got to win there. But instead they just looked like dicks and (laughs) I'm glad she got to go and she looks beautiful and she had a, she did a good job presenting. So it was a win-win in the end, but um, the other weird thing is the they had like the stars of Disney live action movies present the animated category, and their speech was like, "Oh, we make animated movies for kids to enjoy and adults to endure," and it's like that's just so that's just so lazy, and it felt so like. It felt written by people who don't understand or enjoy movies because especially this year, you have an animated movie that's literally about a refugee surviving, uh, you know, years after running away from Afghanistan. So it's like, that's not intended for children. So it's like, no. And Ryan, the last dragon, I don't think is really like a kid's kid's movie either. Yeah. And, and these movies are enjoyed by adults, which is why adults watch them. So it's like, Encanto spoke to so many people because they were adults who have been through generational trauma and like, oh my gosh, I am, I am the Isabella. And so it's like, you can't like celebrate that while also being like, oh, sorry, adults that you have to sit through these. Also, if you're a kid, you probably couldn't even understand Encanto because half (laughs) of what they're saying is so fast. Like I was sitting there like, wait, what? (laughs) They're like, here's the family. We're going to introduce them all in a rap verse. You're like, "Uh, okay, the sister is strong. Okay, that's all I got. Yeah. So it was like weird jabs like that, that it felt like, why are we pretending to be too cool for these movies right now? Like, I don't know. Like if we're going to sit through a three minute exploration of James Bond, it's like, can't you just have some enjoyment for like the movie moments that happened this year? Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, a bit that I did remember loving in the Oscars was like when we were teenagers and they did the musical, (laughs) they like made, (laughs) I don't even remember the details, but they like wrote songs using dialogue from popular movies that year, like Deathly Hollows. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but it's like, I can't sing it. I'm going to send it to you, but I loved it. But anyways, the point is that this show felt like weirdly disjointed and there was no theme because they could just let the theme mean anything. And so it was like, oh, here's Bond. Oh, here's the Godfather. Oh, like, I guess Sean White's here to talk about something to us. And then the In Memoriam. (laughs) 
which is always, uh, they just need to do away with it. They do. But this one, they decided we've gotten flack for being too serious, for being like dramatic. So let's just bring out a gospel choir and dance on their graves. Like, I don't know. It was a weird vibe for me. Yeah, it was, it's so, and then there's always people who they're like, oh, why wasn't this person in the in memoriam? Oh, why was this person in the in memoriam instead? Yeah, and they gave Um, like special call outs to like three actors who like, you know, Bill Murray came out and talked about the uh, director of Ghostbusters, I think. And it's like, why are we, I understand why this feels like a more relevant person, but it kind of means that you're just, counting everyone else you know like so it's sort of iffy and the longer that we go (laughs) i think the more people are going to be dying every year you know it's like the industry is bigger there's more people they live longer so it's like every year there's going to be more and more notable people who you're trying to cram into this and yeah it just always kind of feels slightly off i think also this year was weird because it came pretty quickly after the will smith situation yeah (laughs) um so there was all yeah because it was it was best documentary feature or it was the chris rock then sean combs came out to introduce the godfather tribute (laughs) and then we had the in memoriam so it was really like boom 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 uh of yeah of awkwardness yeah it was just It was just a little, like, everything felt a little off. And I don't know if it's because the writers weren't, like, hitting the mark or there were too many different presenters to kind of find a synergy. But it just, like, wasn't striking the chord. But there were some good wins. And even though a lot of unsurprising wins were just (laughs) trotted out through their pre-recorded segments, uh, overall, I think it was a well-received night. There weren't, like, a lot of snubs, I don't think. Cause let's see. Okay, what what was what was given out before hand? We had best film like editing, for which went to Dune. <laughs> um, best production design that went to Dune. Best sound that went to Dune. Best score that went to Dune. Which I think so was that, Hans Zimmer's first Oscar. I think it was his second. Oh, okay. I think he's won before, but it had been like thirty years or something like oh, that. Yeah. So it was those four, and then the eyes of Tammy Faye for hair and makeup, and then the three short categories. Yeah. Yeah, which was weird because that's like Riz Ahmed won for his live action short and that seems like a momentous win. And then it's just like sad that those are usually the funnest because they're like people who don't usually get to win. They're so excited to win and you never actually know who's going to win those because it's like there's not a lot of like, you know, oh, the BAFTAs give us this clue or whatever. It's like anyone's guess what shorts are going to win. And so it's just kind of like a bummer. I also think theoretically okay we're cutting the walk from the stage or to the stage that doesn't matter that much they're not talking i think that does a lot though for momentum yeah because when they announce it and then you cut to them and they're surprised and they're getting up and they're kissing their wife and they're you know walking towards the stage and blah 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 and people are congratulating them and then when they get up there and they give the speech there's like a certain level of momentum that they have where when you just cut to them on the speech giving the speech no music in the background it 
I felt like all of them felt a little bit more flat than normal. Maybe mm-hmm. it was just this group of speeches that nobody was really doing anything that exciting. But I didn't feel like any of those wins uh, stuck out in my mind. Well, at all. And they ha- they know the situation. So they're probably like sad about it already. So it's not as exciting already. Yeah. And yeah. on top and of not it, it's an empty room. Yeah. yeah. But what's equally weird is that the Oscars scattered it into the broadcast, but they were announcing the wins like early on. So I knew that Dune won X, Y, and Z, even though I had to wait another hour to see them actually get their award. So it was like strange that they, it was a mess the way they organized it. So I hope they never, ever do it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and I don't think it saved them that much time. Oh, yeah. It clearly didn't. Like they could have <laughs> cut one of those montages and I think they would have been fine. Yeah. Um, Dune also wins best visual effects, which was done during the ceremony. Um, and then it also won best cinematography, which, which also was given out during the ceremony. So it won six awards total. Yeah. And we have talked about this, I think before on the podcast of how I think the Dune should have won best picture. I think that it's a similar case to the Mad Max franchise where it's like, it's such a great movie. It's doing all of this work. It's also a blockbuster hit. It's winning awards in so many categories. Like why do we not want to give it best picture just because it's a sci-fi movie? Like, I don't understand why that, why there's that level of separation there. But again, that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I think, one thing people pointed out is that since Dune wasn't seen winning so much, maybe it has a better chance for its second film to like get the big awards, but it seems pretty insulting to have it win so much and then not even be nominated for best director. So it was like, I don't think that was ever in the cards to win best picture. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so either, but I think it should have. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, I think it's like a heart. Like I, I was fine for instance with Coda winning, but I know a lot of people aren't. And I just think, you know, uh, it's hard to like be the judge exactly, but it's interesting to think of how the voting, cause now it's referential, right? Like you, you just, yeah. um, preferential. Preferential. So it's like, I think that's changed a lot of how these awards are won. So maybe that's part of the, I mean, quote unquote problem, but yeah, they, since the preferential ballot has started, it has been more of a like sort of census consensus, like feel good movies have won over more polarizing artsy movies where I think previously those artsy movies stood a better chance because they could have had a, a bunch of people put them as number one, where now it's whatever movie the, you know, most people put in sort of the top five that gets them yeah. the win. Um, yeah, and I don't think like I like that Oscar winners are very different types of movies. You know, I like that we have Spotlight that wins and Moonlight, but then we also have things like The Shape of Water or Parasite, like that feel like very different types of yeah. movies. Some are bigger, some are smaller. But what I but I feel like for whatever reason, the Oscars don't like these sci-fi award movies in the best picture category so they'll they'll consider something like 1917 which is very technically um good but is a war movie but for whatever reason like the The, like dune yeah dune and yeah they like rarely go for it and i'm like well for something like dune or mad max like these movies were incredible and i think like 
almost genre defying and movies that people look back at years later and are like, that was unlike anything I've ever seen before where for as much as I love Coda and for as much as I love, um, you know, power of the dog, it's like, there's a lot of sort of stoic Western movies. There's a lot of, you know, family kind of like dramedies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, they're obviously have, special things that are different to them that make them really good movies. I like both of those movies a lot, but I'm like, where are the other movies that are like Dune? You know, I think yeah. they're fewer and far between. Yeah. Cause I think it's like, uh, you know, I see people get up in arms about it and it's like, guys, remember like the Oscars don't always get it. Like, you know, we've, we've awarded crash. We've awarded the green book. Like there's a lot that yeah. can be skewed here. So I'm not like mad about Coda, but I agree that it's sort of like, it's not always good at picking the one that's most remembered and I, I mean, you'd hope that they start to realize like their own snobbery in some instances. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's weird to think like why. It, do you think it's just because some there's just more people who don't like sci-fi than you know what I mean? Like maybe the voting body are just more like they don't watch Dune. It's just like, oh, that's not interesting to me. So they don't watch it. Not that they watch it and they think, oh, we cannot award this because it has aliens. But it's more like the people are watching like, I just want to watch like human stories, you know? <laughs> I mean, but I can see like my like grandparents or even my parents being like, yeah, it was so confusing. And like yeah. they were all driving these cars and they were in the yeah. desert and there was a woman wearing a, like, a <laughs> she was pregnant. And she hang Yeah. Like the woman had a one arm and the guy was yeah. huffing paint. Like <laughs> just being like, this is weird. Like I'm not voting for this. We're something that's more, uh, normal i you know where coda it's like i don't think there's that barrier of anybody being like well this is a movie that i didn't understand i mean i think shape of water is probably the closest thing to a (laughs) sci-fi win that we've got and even that was very like i love the movies and like so artistic yes and it was a sci-fi movie but was like very it was was very easy to explain Yeah. yeah 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 no it was interesting and coda was an underdog until like the last couple precursor awards so most people thought it would be the power of the dog but the power of the dog ended up being kind of i mean not snubbed it it won best director but it didn't win the best picture which i think surprised surprised uh people who were still going off of the beginning of the awards race yeah, well, it's like Dune won all the technical awards or beat Power of the Dog there. So Power of the Dog didn't win those. And then through a series of things, it ended up not really winning any of the acting awards. And then it ended up not winning Best Picture. So yeah, it only went home with Best Director, which I think is rare for something to yeah. only win Best Director and nothing else. Um, yeah, I I was fine with Coda as the Best Picture winner. Like, I, I don't, like... <laughs> love 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 that movie but i don't dislike it yeah i really loved it i i think it'll be curious to, like watch later and think like oh is this the best made movie like i i see the hot takes on like twitter and stuff they're like this comes nowhere close to drive my car or the power of the dog as far as technicality and acting but it's like i think it serves a purpose that still matters in movies in that it connected to an audience it it brought up an underrepresented group like it it was still doing things that matter in Hollywood in the artistry of filmmaking so to me it's like it's lazy to be like oh well it wasn't like as beautifully shot as something like um drive my car so it's not worthy of the best picture award well it's like well I think it was good and I think it 
you know, it had some of the more charming um, moments at the Oscars. So I'll never be salty about it because watching uh, Troy, um, Troy Kotzer. Troy Kotzer win for Best Supporting Actor was honestly like emotional and very moving and it justified every single piece going after that. Well, and I think for every movie that you, you know, it's like the Oscars swing back and forth. Coda is yeah. by no means like alone in its sort of feel-good equality. I mean, yeah. Green Book is different, but I think has a similar kind of vibe in some ways (laughs) and then like and then you know something like the artist or the king speech or um you know even like uh slumdog millionaire i think to a certain degree like yeah there are the the oscars like to go with a sort of a feel goody kind of movie every now and again which i don't think is a bad thing we needed it you know yes um and um Honestly, that was the best part of the night for me was Troy winning because not only did you get his beautiful speech and his emotional speech and and you got the audience clapping in ASL, which was just so beautiful. And I could never be salty about it. But you also had the star of Minari from last year who is just so charming. And she came out and was so excited to give it to him. She like stayed in frame, just like hovering over watching him with well, adoration. She had, to, she had to hold his Oscar yeah. so that he could sign. Also, she's starring right now in Pachinko on Apple TV oh. Plus, which is like the most beautiful show I've seen it recently. She's so so everyone should watch that. So um, that whole moment was just so feel good and so touching and really just powerful and beautiful and sweet. Really? I think because I did a ranking of all of the actors speeches um, from the past 10 Oscars. Mm. And I think all all Troy Kotzer is obviously great. I think Ariana DeBose's speech early on in the night was really strong and beautiful. Um, and, you know, she sort of shouted out the fact that she's the first openly queer person to win an acting award. Um, and also that she is Afro-Latina. And then I thought Jessica Chastain's speech, while a little bit rambly, was also very um, sweet and had a, you know, a strong message behind it. I think she was unfortunately stuck with the position of having to give her speech right after Will Smith yeah, gave like, his speech. So it was sort of like, eh, but she, but she called out like the don't gay, don't say oh, gay yes, bill yeah. legislation. Um, and talked about like suicide prevention. So I thought that the speeches in general from the actors, with the exception of Will Smith's <laughs> sort of whatever was going on there were, were all stronger than your usual crop of acting speeches. Yeah. There weren't like any too long or weird rambling ones. And even the costume direct designer for Cruella wasn't as strange as I remember her being. So she tried to explain what she was wearing. And I was like, yeah, this isn't working for me, but I'm happy for you. (laughs) Well, and Jane Campion after her, um, the poor Williams sisters truly have done nothing and are just dragged into scandal after scandal. (laughs) This awards, they're like, we're not making another movie. We're done with this. Um, but after that faux pas with Jane Campion at the, what was at the SAG Awards, um, Jane had a printed speech that she read from. And so <laughs> yeah. we were sort of uh, robbed maybe of some <laughs> weird moments, but no, also. she learned. <laughs> yes, but she, but it was like, she okay. listened and learned. <laughs> yes. Nothing off the cuff was happening there. So yeah. that was, so that was fairly uneventful. Also, again, I think that was, that was, that was in the back half amidst the Will Smith 
stuff. So it's really all of that that happened in the past in the last like 45 minutes is uh, a blur. Yeah. But altogether, yeah, there weren't really any surprises or steals or something. I am usually horrifically bad at guessing these, but I I did surprisingly well because they were all pretty predicted um, from Jessica Chastain to Troy to uh, pretty much all the actor categories were kind of just like set in stone to have anyone else would have yeah. been an upset which were you like bored of that or do you think that colored your enjoyment of the oscars at all i think because i liked most of the people who won yeah i wasn't bored with it i it's frustrating when someone you don't really like yeah. is winning <laughs> over and over again um but like ariana debose and troy kotzer and jessica chastain are all people that i like who gave performances that i thought were good so i didn't begrudge them at all um i was happy to see that Kenneth Branagh won an Oscar after a million nominations and his speech was nice. Sean Hader winning best um, adapted screenplay for Coda was great since she obviously wasn't nominated for best director. I like the drive my car um, one best international. I feel like the only thing I was sort of upset by was that flea ended up not winning any of the categories, but the category that flea would have won is probably best documentary, which was the uh, ill-fated, Po- the Chris Rock presented category. So <laughs> yeah. honestly, like, who knows what won that? We- we'll never know. <laughs> yeah, it's Someone did give a speech, it's but uh, it's but it's it's gone from my no. mind immediately. <laughs> yeah, poor Questlove. Um, but yeah, I was sad that the Mitchells versus Machines didn't have its triumph over Encanto. Yeah. But again, that wasn't a surprise. But um, in. Con- Lin Manuel did not get his egot again, yeah. <laughs> so that was interesting. He got co- he had to stay home too because his wife got COVID. Right. So sorry to him. Maybe he was meant to do the rap during. We don't talk about Bruno, and then they were like, oh, Megan, gosh, and I had Megan, the stallion. <laughs> I will say one of my favorite narratives is that Netflix can't win Best Picture, and I mm. think it's been like three or four years now where they've almost won Best Picture and then haven't. Yeah. Um, well, and Coda's the first streaming site yes. to win. And Apple, which doesn't have that many good movies, sort of like came out of nowhere and accidentally won. Yeah, yeah, because people thought that The Trial of the Chicago 7 might win last year, which it didn't. It was Nomadland. And then there was obviously um, the the Irishman, which didn't win. Oh, yeah. And there was the Roma versus Green Book year where it didn't win. So, yeah, this is... That's a travesty. This has been a bunch of years in a row now where the um where yeah best picture hasn't quite gone on netflix i was also thinking about best actor and i was like i think with the like this has been a cursed category i think since leonardo dicaprio won it (laughs) because after that we had casey affleck who is you know was accused or you know whatever and then we had gary oldman win it the next year who was also uh has allegations against him then we had rami malik win it for bohemian rhapsody which was the cursed brian singer movie then joaquin phoenix won it for joker which was a disastrous movie and then last year i love anthony hopkins but it was the year where they moved that to the last category because they thought (laughs) chadwick boseman was gonna win and then anthony hopkins won at the last minute and then now we have this will smith debacle so i'm like really this this category is nothing good is coming from well and chris rock made the mistake of saying Macbeth in a theater so really that that brought on the curse of 
uh, Will Smith storming the stage. So oh yeah, because you're supposed to call it the Scotsman. Yeah, yeah, you can't say you can't utter it in the theater. So, <sighs> but he regrets that. <laughs> I know. If he has one takeaway, it's that don't say yeah. Macbeth in the theater. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, a better show than last year's. But I think it was just a little too messy. There were too many weird presenters for it to feel like a polished piece of uh, awards watching but it wasn't like miserable wait how old is jane campion <laughs> what i don't know because now i'm looking at the i'm just on the wikipedia page and it says that jane campion is the third oldest person to win best director oh wow but she's only 67 like how that's shocking I mean, to me. I feel like okay. there's lots of old people lurking around the best director yeah, category. Yeah. It's not like a, a category for spring chickens. <laughs> well, hopefully she'll make another Western and uh, piss other people off more. But um, yeah, that's the award season. It's over. Now we get to look forward to... Uh... Look, Steven Spielberg is 75. <laughs> okay. Well, Which yeah. Is... So I'm sure he's the first old. You know, like who else is making? Well, I mean, maybe I mean he probably he probably well Clint Eastwood's definitely if he won he he probably is the oldest actually because I think he might have won for Million Dollar Baby and then he would have been like seventy something for that. (laughs) Um, yeah, I in general thought this Oscar. I think that this Oscar ceremony really had everything that you could ask for from an Oscars. I think the hosts were fun. I think we had had some of the musical numbers were were well done. I think that the winner speeches were good in a lot of cases. There was the added element of drama thrown into the mix with the Will Smith Chris Rock incident. Like if you're looking for a ha- like a good Oscars ceremony that like hits all of the marks, I feel like this did a good job with that. Yeah, it was a mess, and we love mess. So yes, yeah, a mess, but in like a good way, not in last year's way where it yeah. was a mess and it was just boring. Yeah. Like this wasn't boring. I didn't think. Yeah. Uh, who knows what'll happen next year? Um, I don't know. This is our fourth annual Oscars we've covered. Yeah. Uh, truly a memorable one. But I'm looking forward to um, Marry Me I think, Sweeping. I, I think they'll keep the hosts. <laughs> yeah. I think they'll stick with this format. I think Ew, this format... What? Well, no. I'm not sure if they'll stick with the the uh, the pre-recorded thing. But I think that like this sort of like... Ha- let's have multiple hosts and sort mm. of have them interact with each other. And we'll do some some bits, but not that many. I, I feel like it, it um, in general worked. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have some notes. I'll send them to the Academy. Uh, But I hope they keep the fan voted favorite because it truly warmed my heart. (laughs) I was like, yeah, imagine if this had been last year and that Taylor (laughs) Swift had gotten involved with the cats. Do you think like they would have the cats moment would her singing whatever would have been the number one? Three years ago, unfortunately. Uh, Oh, I guess that was before COVID. Yeah. (laughs) Cleaned our brains out. But yeah, that was the parasite year. Yes, I guess. Ah, what well, what good times. Always a pleasure. Another year, another Oscars. Now, yeah. next week, we can start looking forward to next year. Yeah. <laughs> what will win? Ranking, yeah. Will it be Uncharted? Will it be The Lost City? <laughs> no, it's going to be Okay. Hmm, can't wait for it. Um. Okay, well, I don't know what we're doing next week, but no need to hash that out right now. Um. <laughs> we'll see what the 
fan voted favorite of the week is and oh yeah yeah we could do the army of the dead yeah a movie i did not see but you know oh you didn't i thought we did an episode on that maybe i just watched that no i did an episode on the snyder cut the flash enters the superverse or whatever (laughs) okay well um good times uh congrats to all our winners um and and there might be one less of you in uh, several days (laughs) so we'll we shall see but okay uh we'll see you guys next week bye